Hi, my name is Jane. I'm from New York City and I'm legitimately terrified by demonic possession. I was raised Russian Orthodox. So in Russian Orthodox Christianity, this is something that you are supposed to fear that they believe is possible. And I was actually given to exorcisms when I was a child. My partner and I recently watched The Exorcist. And after watching it, I remembered, wait, I'm actually completely legitimately terrified of this. I had trouble going to the bathroom by myself. I am 35 years old. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Your Weirdest Fears. I'm your host, Larry Mullins. The movie The Exorcist premiered in 1973 and has since been called one of the best horror movies of all time. I call it the scariest. Let's keep it real. When it came out, some moviegoers left the theater to faint, panic, or throw up. That was me. The Exorcist introduced a new fear for a whole lot of people, demonic possession. The fear is powered, of course, by the influence of religion, and it stuck around for a minute. In fact, a 2017 poll found that half of all Americans believe in possession by the devil. <laughs> so I'm turning to Dr. Helene Wabe. She's the director of research at the Institute of Noetic Sciences and the president of the Parapsychological Association. Also teaches in the neurology department at Oregon Health and Science University. First off, Dr. Wabe, for those unfamiliar, do you study demonic possessions or demons? I do study something called trans-channeling, which I'll share about with your audience. And they are different sides of the same coin, if you will, in that they are interactions with what we call non-physical beings. So how did you get in this type of, of work, if you will? How, what developed your interest in this craft? Were you possessed, doctor? I was not possessed, no. <laughs> but I have many people in my family who practice something called trans-channeling, which okay. is a consensual interaction with who they believe are spirits and they actually allow the spirit to come through and use their body to speak. And that might be what you call a positive possession because it improves meaning in people's lives, improves quality of life. They have positive interactions from it. These benevolent beings are making people do crazy things against their will, which is what we think of in a negative possession or demonic possessions. Oh, wow. So this is real. This isn't made up in one's mind. With the tools we have today, we can't definitively prove one way or another if spirits are real. Now, people believe that they're real and the power of our mind is incredible. From my perspective, what's more important is to support people with the experiences that they're having. So let's go a little bit deeper into this because a lot of people listening to this will wonder, well, wait a minute, are we talking to somebody with a mental health problem here? Well, that's a great question because so many people automatically dismiss this as a mental health condition, especially in the West, and there's so many taboos around it. There have been numerous studies looking at positive possession where they find that these people are highly functional. They have no pathological symptoms of dissociation or psychoses beyond clinical cutoffs. 
And in general, they don't have a mental health issue. Now, if these experiences are negatively affecting the person, if they're too often, they're too frequent, they are not giving consent for it. And those are the key indicators to reach out and get support. I was going to ask you, who do they get permission from? Who do you give consent? Hey, ghost, hey, demon, come into me. Let's talk. Well, there's so many beliefs about that. Almost every culture and religion has some type of belief in spirit possession of some sort or another and corresponding ways for how to get rid of the possession. And so while the word is used in different ways, depending on what culture you ask, what most people think of is this spirit possession or being taken over completely against their will. Did the movie industry help us to allay these fears? We talk about the exorcist, but I saw the movie Ghost with Whoopi and Patrick Swayze and all those folks and how they invited, you know, Ronaldo, honey, is that you? You know, that sort of thing. Does that feed into all of this? I think the sensationalism of it does. The movie The Exorcist was an example of a very, very rare experience like that was just very loosely based on a factual case. And that's not a typical exorcism example. There was a cultural anthropologist, Michael Cuneo, who actually did this large study on how that specific movie, The Exorcist, Mm -hmm. affected North American culture. And he attended 50 exorcisms with clergy. And that movie dredged up incredible fears and archetypical shadow in people about being afraid of losing control, about being taken over, etc. Is this something that you would see more in people who are very religious with regard to thinking that, you know, if there's a Holy Spirit that protects me, then there's a demonic spirit that can hurt me? Yes, there are very clear beliefs about that and that they do vary by the religion. So it depends who you're talking to again. Is there, dare I say, a cure for getting a person over this fear, this phobia, this concern that their excess is going to take over my body and I'm going to do terrible things out of my mind? I think it's really important if that fear is debilitating to that person and preventing them from living a normal life that they reach out to a spiritual advisor and a mental health professional to get support. How does one go about finding a spiritual counselor or somebody to say, hey, you know anybody who can help me get over this exorcism thing without getting getting ripped off? (laughs) Yes. What do you look for? So first, I would invite them to set the intention to find the perfect right person for them. Second, I would, if possible, if their friends are into this stuff, ask for recommendations. Third, there are communities. So there's the spiritist community. There are spiritualist communities. So there's actual reputable organizations who make this their job. So the take-home message is demonic possession is so incredibly rare. And if those are fears that are rising up for you, I would invite you to explore what is underneath it and to reach out and get help so that you can shift that and empower yourself to release those fears and enjoy your life more deeply. Dr. Helene Wabi, thank you so, so, so much for joining me. I appreciate you giving us a wealth of experience. It's been a pleasure, yes.
And thank you so much for listening to your weirdest fears. I want to know your fears, so share them and you could be featured in this podcast. Email us at yourweirdestfears at odyssey.com. That's your weirdest fears at odyssey.com. You can also send it to us, of course, on social media. Want to pull out your phone and tap the episode description and you'll find all the ways you can send us what you're afraid of. If you're enjoying this show, please rate us. Please review us. Please subscribe to us. You can find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Your Weirdest Fears is a production of 1010 Wins and WCBS News Radio 880. Our special thanks to producers Jill Webb and Dempsey Pilat, my man. Andy Egan Thorpe is our audio engineer. Femi Redwood is the managing producer of podcasts. I'm your host, Larry Mullins. Thanks for listening.